well, well, well. Hello. Good morning. Hi. Good day to you. Um, Chandler, we are back recording Pop Apologists, our podcast together. I'm pretty fired up this morning. Can I tell you why? I am too. Okay, go. So I need to replenish some of my basics. You know what? I've been wearing the same $8 Target tank tops for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, And anyway, I want to get like some of those redone Levi's tank tops. Yeah, they're the best. Yeah, they're the best. They're also $100. No, I know. That's why I have one and I cherish it. There's... And here's my question to the universe. How are these tank tops not just completely easily duplicated and on Amazon for $12, for $20 even? Mm -hmm. How on earth? I just feel like the universe is making a mockery of women and really shoppers everywhere just trying to look cute in a tank. (laughs) And we are forced to pony up $100 for a ribbed white tank. For the record, I think they're like 80. Nonetheless, they're a mockery nonetheless. Regardless. No, I've tried the Amazon dupe. That I think Courtney's posted about both the, the the real one and the dupe before. And I've tried both. And the real one is just the real one. Like, yeah. It's just, it's truly devastating. So anyway, so that was just a, a tangent. I'm sure everyone's thrilled to hear about. What else are you trying to buy? Replenishing the basics when you essentially live in pajamas. So you're kind well, of that's already... what I'm trying to change. Yeah. I'm trying to get okay. ready. I'm trying to like put on jeans. I'm trying to put on pants, trying to put on tank tops. I really wear the same thing over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just trying to embrace this fact, right? Yeah. Like not pretend I'm going to put on a bunch of different clothes. Like, no, I'm just going to yeah. wear the same things over and over. So I should just refresh those things because they're at this point now just old and dilapidated. Right, and right. And honestly, knowing pilling, the rate at which you launder things, knowing the rate at which you launder things. I literally launder everything regularly. First of all, also, I don't, know. I don't even do my own laundry. Okay. I, and I've paid to outsource this work and that's it great. is done on the reg. Hate to break that it to is, you, but Chandler, no, things have evolved nice. since we lived together and I was 24. It's hard for me to believe. I don't, you know, people don't change. Um, but okay. yeah, well, I'm, I'm excited for this chapter of you rebuying the basics. Well done. I have actually been loving my newly subscription. So this isn't an oh, ad, you have so I'll stop there or stop right there. But yeah, I've been loving it, but I think it's something that's not for you. <laughs> yeah. It's not for me because they don't ship to Puerto Rico. Absolutely not. Yeah. I use my rent the runway days were so fun. I had rent the run runway. All that stuff is so fun. Cause you can go on, you can get that fix. Like you're shopping. Mm-hmm. You can get something yeah. that feels kind of new. I mean all that. Yeah. And then you're obviously only paying that set amount per month. So it is great. Well, wait, can I tell you a little hack that I found out about that I've been using to curb my spending? What? This is um, great. Okay, so I, this is good January content. I saw this on TikTok, or maybe things I bought and liked t- talked about it. I think it actually was her. Um, excuse me. Anyways, so when basically when you find something you want to buy, or when you have the impulse to go buy something, um, you actually make a list of in your notes folder on yes, your phone. Yes, this was Tibble. I saw this. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And I started doing that. And mm-hmm. it's so nice because I think like I see stuff I want to buy like every 15 minutes. I'm like, yep, I want right. that. I'm going to buy that. I need to buy that. So having right. a list of items where I'm like, like have categorized or not even categorized where I've just like listed off the big things like so that I can go back to and look and be like, oh, wait, do I still want that? And what's crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's what's crazy. So I saw this girl at the Guggenheim wearing these like beautiful blue, uh, blue gazelle like Samba sneakers. And they were so cool. Um, and I tried to look them up and I tried to find them like on, you know, s- sneaker resale places um, because I was like, this look is so chic with like blue jeans. It's so cool. And I put it into my little buy list. But I was like, you know what? I really like don't need to be spending money right now on like things I don't really need. Um, and lo and behold, Lauren, I'm now seeing them all over TikTok. Like people are like, sp- uh, you know, posting about them as like a great spring sneaker, whatever, whatever. And now I'm just so glad I didn't buy them because like everyone's going to have them in about 0.2 seconds. Mm. Sounds like you could have actually been ahead of the trend and could have, you know, had well, a moment probably in the sun finally. By about two weeks, you know, which isn't a long enough lead time for me. So, mm. you know, 
Anyways, I Honest, love the list. Honestly, and I love consulting it when I like feel like spending money or when I like want to save for a big purchase. No, it really is such a good tip. Such a good tip. Anyways, you know, everyone, good luck in your January goals. We're we're about to hit February and, you know, I hope your new New Year's resolutions haven't become your New Year's resignations quite yet. Yeah, honestly. Um, I think for me, when it comes to yearly optimizations or in like life hacking, one thing that I am doing right now is I did buy a little tracker. And so it's this visual calendar, right? And you just write your goals and then you physically exit out, like work out. Yeah. um, Yeah. One of mine is get ready for the day, like actually lay on, put on clothing, lay on um, the sectional for 2.5 hours, walk on my walking pad, <sighs> do my weights, like all that stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I will say there is something very strange about physically putting on that X and like not wanting, you like don't want to not be able to, to mark it off. And That's like true. I was, I, we went away last weekend and I had not done a workout twice, two days in a row before then, and then all weekend. So I was five days suddenly off. And I looked at my, you know, Mm. month visually. And I realized like, if I don't get on back on track right now, then basically like I'm game over. Like it's kind of all going to fall apart. Um, but right now I can still salvage this and like still get in 20 or 23 workouts this month. And so last night at like 8 PM, I did my workout, which normally I would never at 8 p.m., I'm raising the white flag. I am popping some popcorn, enjoying my life. But no, because of this, I was like, no, I have to check it off. And so anyway, wow. yeah, I think that it is such a good, just such a good little hack. You are what you do every day, Chandler. It's really so true. And if you can, if you can build up those habits, you know, atomic habits, okay. ever heard of it? Yeah. In a year from now, you could have worked out. <laughs> 320 times I love, out of the 356 thank days. Thank you for the math. Um, you're now devolving into a little bit more Gary Vaynerchuk <laughs> than I was interested in hearing this morning. So let's, uh, let's yeah, move we'll, along. We will see how long it lasts. Okay, Lauren, one little thing I wanted to chat with you about is the Miley Cyrus Flowers music video. Did you hear it? I did hear it. Yes, I did. Then she released a music video. Okay. And... Okay. The internet essentially went hog wild with mm-hmm. fan theories I'm going to say about this music video. And I just kind of want to go over a few things and get get your take on them, okay? Okay. So in the song, uh, she, you know, it's a, it's a song about moving on, whatever, whatever. Her and Liam also broke up like quite a while ago and she's had several you know, romances and flings since then. Um, But people think this song is about Liam. Um, Okay. The chorus of the song is kind of a riff on the Bruno Mars song, When I Was Your Man. Are you familiar with this Bruno Mars song? I am not familiar, no. I'm sure if I heard it. Like, I, the entire Bruno Mars discography, exactly. I don't know them by name. I don't seek them out. But, of course, I've been to grocery stores throughout America. So I have heard Bruno Mars. Great. Thank you. You came to the table prepared and equipped. So apparently at their wedding back in 2018, Liam Hemsworth dedicated the song When I Was Your Man to Cyrus. Okay. And the chorus of that song is like, I hope he buys you flowers. I hope he holds your hands. You know, gives you all his hours oh. or something. You know that song? Oh, yeah. It's come, It's all coming back to me now. Absolutely. Sure. I can hear that song yeah. in my brain, unfortunately. It's a catchy beat. I mean, I haven't reached for it. I'll tell you that much, but, um, you know, everyone knows it. Yeah. Right. I know that. I know that several times a week, Ben lights a candle. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, a sensual evening descends upon your upper West side (sighs) apartment. Um, and you know what? Maybe there are some tender exchanges to Bruno's crooning. We put Bruno Mars on the surround sound. Um, (laughs) we do have surround sound actually. We've recently upgraded and it's pretty nice. Um, anywho. Chandler, two Bluetooth speakers, that's not surround sound. Okay. Surround I, sound is actually something where they come and install it I in know. your home. Well, I, I, I wish I was lying, Lauren, but somehow for our one bedroom apartment, we needed a sound bar and two corresponding mounted Bluetooth speakers. 
Um, wow. Which actually has turned into, you know, a great sound experience. But that's beside the point, Lauren, because in the chorus okay. of Miley Cyrus's song, Flowers, she says, okay. I can buy myself flowers, write my name in the sand, talk to myself for hours, say things you don't understand. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, blah. I just the say, rest of the lyrics. This literally sounds like a crazy person. Like, just consider well, that. Buying also, themselves flowers is a is fine. That's beautiful. But imagine meeting someone and they're writing their own name in the sand. It's a little narcissistic. Hey, right. It's a it's and maybe then, done as like an eight year old. Yeah, exactly. And then what what are the next two lines? Talk to again? myself for hours, say things you don't talk, understand. Okay, now then, then they're talking schizophrenia. For hours. Exactly. And then they're saying things that people can't even understand. <laughs> It's like, um, get this person some help. Right. Right. Um, well, it's funny because in the music video, she's she kind of dances in a crazy way. Did you watch the music video? Are you familiar with that at all? You, you know what? Through I it at didn't. Least? I did okay. not. Should I? Well, why don't really you just why don't no? you just pull up just why don't you Google some stills it. of it? Um, because okay. this is where the fan theories really uh take a turn. Went wild. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because Fans think that there are all of these Easter eggs in the music video alluding mm. to the fact that Liam cheated on Miley, okay? Mm. And I I believe that men cheat. I actually hate all men um, for that very reason. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But, the entire the entire male race. Yeah, yeah must literally, if you ask men me. don't deserve anything. That being said, it's and so I am not... I'm not a Liam apologist, but a lot of these things seemed like a very tall tale. A lot of these Easter eggs. Okay. And I think this okay. all started when an account by the name of Pop Tings, Pop Tings, uh, which mm-hmm. honestly is probably a better name than Pop Apologist. And we should have just gone by Pop Tings. But anyways, um, this account tweeted, the house where the music video for Miley Cyrus's Flowers was recorded and was previously used by Liam Hemsworth to cheat on Miley with more than 14 women while they were married. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, and what is the evidence? That's a great question. I would like you to direct that to pop things because <laughs> okay. I just wish that pop there is no evidence would have stopped and said was, you know, the music video where flowers was recorded was previously used by Liam Hemsworth to cheat on Miley period full stop. But the fact that she went, or she or she, excuse me, you know, went as far as to say, you know, with more than 14 women while they were married has really just like sent people reeling. Even Julia Fox like commented on it and was just like, 14? Like, question mark? Like, what? I mean, <laughs> like, 14 is a lot. 14 is definitely a lot. It's quite the number. But I would say if you're a celebrity, you're a serial cheater, that's probably actually a pittance. Right. for what's available to you. I did some scrubbing and tried to find some evidence of cheating from anywhere. You know, and I was willing to look at, you know, anything and call it evidence, but I really found nothing. Uh, and people do think that he cheated on her with Jennifer Lawrence um, mm. because they were in a movie together. And so, and, and allegedly another Easter egg in the music video is she's wearing this gold dress that looks like a gold dress that Jennifer Lawrence wore. Um, and then, you know, it then it then it gets more and more uh, you know, hard to believe. She also wears like okay. this black suit jacket and then fans and <laughs> she also wears this black suit jacket. And then fans, you know, quote, fans think this stylistic choice is another nod to a public memory the couple shared during the premiere of Avengers when Hemsworth wore a similar outfit. I'm like, of course he wore a black suit. Like every man wears a black suit on the red carpet. I don't <laughs> think that this is like some like smoking gun. Yeah, I mean, this is absolutely a sartorial basic we all have in our closet, man and woman alike. It does all seem like a stretch, Chandler. That's for sure. I mean, I don't, I don't doubt that they had their issues. I mean, apparently at that very red carpet that people think they're she's alluding to, like Liam tells her to quote behave for once. Um, <laughs> she like tried to lick him on like the red carpet, and then yeah, he wasn't. Like, I did wasn't see that. Crabbit, I did I'll see say. that clip. Yeah. I just want to say, I think there's someone to blame for all this. I think there is, you know, a person that we can look to with scorn for, you know, turning us and the internet into these people. You ready? Pop Tings by chance? No, it's not Pop Tings. It's bigger than that. It's Taylor Swift. Oh, wow. Oh, my god. It's Taylor Swift. Because Taylor Swift has trained all of us to think that in her songs or in songs, you know, there are 
direct, you know, clues and right. Every single detail is actually a nod to something that happened in real life. You know, when maybe it's not, maybe it's just, you know, maybe Miley just wanted to write a song about holding her own hand and writing her own name in the sand. Um, and it doesn't have anything to do with that. Maybe it does, but I do think Taylor Swift has turned us into this like Easter egg crazy society, I guess. I think it's true. I think that, you know, Chandler, I did, I don't know if you remember this, but I did study philosophy in college and I took a course called Hermeneutics. Okay. Okay. Um, Hermeneutics is the, is the study I'm already of bored. The, <laughs> layers of interpretations of texts, generally religious texts. But I would agree with you. I would think that all pop culture videos, they're not actually artifacts to be dissected with a fine tooth comb layer over layer. They're not necessarily right. the onions that Taylor Swift would want us to believe that they are. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe this house was just a really nice Airbnb that was available. Totally. Okay. Totally. And they had a permit to film there. Could it yep. be that simple? Could we live in that simple of a world? A literal production reality. <laughs> could it just I mean, be a set baby could it just right. be a gold dress could it just be a black jacket right, do these right. things must they refer to old tragedies old betrayals that we need to unearth on tiktok oh my gosh i just think you know what i think about Chandler? i think about the the men and women who would be heart surgeons who would be neurosurgeons right, right. who would be curing NASA cancer engineers. but instead yeah, it's taking us into uncharted galactic territories. Exactly. Yeah. But no, the talented minds of our generation, instead, they see the money. They see the dollar signs. Right. They know that, hey, I can actually make even more money than these fools, go, you mm-hmm. know, schlepping their way through medical school, putting in the hard yards. Instead, I can just break down Miley's music video on TikTok, get a million followers, and then just party in Dubai. I just feel like the great minds of our generation are essentially wasted on the bad incentives created by by ByteDance, by Mark Zuckerberg, no offense. And I mean, it is a little bit of the pot calling the kettle. I mean, what are we doing right now? But But I just wouldn't call ourselves... We're not great minds. Otherwise, it's true. You know, our minds would have been put to no use. So yeah. thank goodness okay. for well, thank creating you. dribble of content for us. But yeah, yeah. anyway. To react to. You just just consider it. Okay. Thank you for that diatribe. Um You're welcome. <laughs> I like I think I spaced out for a full 10 seconds. You're using too many big words for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, Chandler, I hope I hope our audience was semi-interested. That philosophy degree really paid off. It's given dividends on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, has it or has it just really lost us listeners? That's the question. I'm not sure. It's too soon to say. Um, um let's get okay, into let's move some forward. other things. Kylie Please. Jenner Chandler mm-hmm. at last, at long and dear last, to quote the late Dylan Thomas. Um, she lost her. <laughs> so, so annoying it's, just be it's normal insufferable. it's insufferable she released the the chi- the name of her child mm-hmm. air webster is his name so there was a very dark theory that something had gone perilously wrong with her son and she okay. was ashamed or didn't know didn't want to release a photo of him um okay. no but she finally a year later has released his name and a photo. I mean, not only there's, is there nothing wrong with this child, but he is extremely cute. Just He's so really cute. darling. Yeah. So cute. Um, you know how babies are a little name. like wonky looking when they first come out? Right. Yes. Most are. I just don't think the Kardashians can handle, you know, anything that's not pure perfection. Well, um, you know what I that always is, say? Yeah. I always I always say that if you have an ugly kid, don't worry. That's what orphanages are for. You can just start over. Um, You're on one. Anyway, but no, they shouldn't have to resort to that because Air Webster is absolutely darling and his name is Air. People are, you know, taking to the streets or at least the streets of TikTok and, you know, kind of ridiculing this name because I guess in Arabic, it means penis. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's, you know, some other interpretations. I mean, billionaire, millionaire. Yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's it's not my favorite of the celebrity names. 
but you know, it's, I do, it's on, on brand. I do think it follows in the tradition of the Kardashians naming mm-hmm. their children after something um, either geographical or in the realm of map making um, and cartography. cartography so related. we have we have north, right? Um, we yeah. have stormy. We have now air. We have rain. Chicago. Wow, Kim has so Chicago. Many again, in forget. the cartography direction. Right. Um, there is a there is a light theme here. I'm sure they like it because it's like a nod to like billionaire or millionaire or like air, like, you know, H-E-I-R. And I think it's kind of gross. It's just like, let's let's make sure everyone knows that you're rich with your name. I mean, honestly, it probably is a pun on just how much this little child is going to inherit. Right. Which is kind of gross. Well, in other Kylie News Chandler, she was recently at Paris Fashion Week. She was wearing mm-hmm. a dress with a lion head. Did you see this? Yes, I did. Shopperelli fashion show, nonetheless. I just think I we all that. have to be aware every Paris Fashion Week, there's going to be like that's literally there are board meetings where they're thinking of how to do something shocking, how well, to also, start a yeah. trend, get the TikTokers talking. And here we are, we're talking about I mean, it. So, mission accomplished. To be honest, um, I only know about this brand because Courtney was looking at some of their stuff when we were in Bergdorf's last time. This is mm. very on brand for that brand. Like that does not surprise oh, really? me. Like, yeah. And I actually think that is a Shopperelli look that she was wearing. Like that was like a big part of that, like this whole line. Um, so it wasn't it's like, like the ta- it's like the faux taxidermied heads. I mean, that's not like it's not on every single piece, but their stuff is pretty. How do I say? I want to use the word gory, but in like a very like high mm. art way. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I am going to Blackberry Farm with Courtney. Or it's coming pretty. Up. It's like um, graphic, I could say. Yeah. In a couple months, I wonder if Courtney's. I wonder if Courtney's planning any, to wear any of this as part of her looks uh, in Tennessee. Because it would be a little bit apropos on a farm to have some sort of like wildlife, faux wildlife. Right. Peta don't. Peta actually endorsed these looks. Peta was like, "We're good." Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, beyond her, you know, taxidermy look. Faux taxidermy, excuse me. She also was spotted at the Maison Margella, Margella, whatever. I have one of their perfumes. I still don't know how to say their name. And, you know, it's clear she's on the Ozempic train. I think we can all just say that. Um, you know, we're I seeing mean, she dramatic looks changes. Much thinner. Like, much yeah. thinner. All of them now. All of them now. Yeah. I saw this picture someone sent of Mindy Kaling before and after. It's absolutely astonishing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and yeah, with Mindy Kaling, IG by Dana has been talking about this. IG famous by Dana, allegedly, she would like throw like Ozempic parties where everyone would come over and like get the shot. That's that's definitely a throwback to Botox parties of the 2000s. Purse parties, um, jean parties. Purse parties, jean parties. <laughs> now we're having Ozempic parties. It never really changes. No. I really hope, Chandler, in 10 years from now, like basically everyone is on Ozempic. It works really well. And we've just eradicated the need to deprive ourselves, right? Like how great would that be if Ozempic works so well that finally – at last, we can all just get on it. We never have to be disciplined around food again. And it's like a panacea for so I much think, human suffering at the Cheesecake Factory when you're trying to put down, you know, uh, that there's one a, more avocado egg roll you want. I don't think you've ever spoken a truer sentence than there's a lot of human suffering at the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> That's the episode title. Um, all right, Chen, let's move on to Q&A this week. So, Celebrity news was a little light in our opinion, so we decided let's do some Q&A. Someone wants to know what the most embarrassing thing you've ever done is. Um, And so I'm sure you had a huge catalog to look through, to a a backlog of embarrassing things. Yeah, I was like, just let's just choose the best one. Um, It's, you know, I feel like there, yeah, there's embarrassing dating things. I feel like we've all done, you know, a range of those I feel like the most recent one maybe in my adult life where I just felt nothing but complete shame and embarrassment was I was like walking down third street promenade in Santa Monica and I was like out with some friends and we just had dinner and I had the leftovers 
And I proceeded to offer my leftovers to someone who looked like they were down and out on the ground, um, (laughs) who wasn't in fact down and out or, you know, unhoused as they say. As Meghan Markle would say, between houses. Yeah, right. Yeah. This person probably had a house or several. They just were choosing to sit on the ground. <laughs> Wait, so tell me more about this moment because that is hilarious. Well, they, what did you even I say? Mean, it was like a 10 second dumpster fire moment where I was just like, I offer, they look at me with a confused look and like, like and I, you could just tell, like, it was just like, what? Why is this person offering me something in an unmarked container? Like, I don't want it. And I knew, oh and I, in that gosh. instant, I knew, I knew. So that's maybe the most embarrassing thing I've done in, in recent history. It honestly reminds me of growing up. And I feel like there was one time that, you know, there was someone asking like a panhandler and mom was like, mm-hmm. or I don't know if it was mom, maybe it was one of our parents. It might've been dad, but they're like, I'll buy you a Subway sandwich. And they're like, uh, no, thanks. I'm good. Nah. I'll go to the next car. Like Subway's kind of gross. Just kidding. I love Subway. It's true. Also, actually, I did think of another thing from college that I feel great shame okay. about. Like, I feel like for something to truly be an embarrassing moment, it needs to bring you shame, like a little pit of shame to this day. Yes. It can't be like, yes. oh, I like did this quirky thing, but like this is so quirky and I'm so different. I'm a unique girl. Blech. Right, um, right. So something that I would be like ashamed, I think, to talk about or relive, um, and that's why I'm doing it here and, you know, in front of mm-hmm. this podcast, on this podcast, is the time that I took something that wasn't mine from the BYU Lost and Found. Oh, yeah. I think this was actually something I might have taught you how to do. You taught you. Not only did you teach it to <laughs> me, you are the only reason why I did it. Oh, my gosh. Because you, I it was a one-two operation. I used to be. No, I know. I mean, honestly, I feel I, I think about this and I'm like, if I had to tell this story, like this would be <laughs> this a story I would so tell at like a TEDx bad. conference about like turning around my honesty or like turning around I, my like, you know, becoming a better person. I can't. Like Ben would never do this. Like that's just, I, there are people who would never do this. And one of them is, I guess, not us. I cannot believe you're bringing this up because honestly. We've talked about it before, I, I think. I forgot. I don't think so. And I forgot we yeah. did this. Because because it brings you great shame. Because it is shameful. It's something very wrong. I mean, I don't know how wrong it is necessarily. It is wrong. It's just like it it's is- it's not in the gray it's not even in the gray area. I feel like it's fully like in the in the black. <laughs> it is in the black. Okay, so the guys It was a shadow remember- dealing. It was a shadow. It was we were ne'er do wells. So I remember when, when I was at BYU, I remember that at one point I at one point, I went to procure something that I had truly lost, okay, um, and I was ready to find. And I went down to mm-hmm. the to the BYU Lost and Found in the Wilkinson Center, and there be- before me was a just a just a sea of black pon- Patagonia jackets, beautiful mittens, all sorts of trinkets and items that were just abandoned, okay, that were never to be found again. And I was a broke college student. Um, And yes, I think I saw an opportunity. (laughs) You did. You saw a massive opportunity, probably a three or $400 opportunity. I think I, so what did I tell you? So I was waiting for you in the car. So you said, (laughs) we were sitting, you were like, I'm going to go run into Lost Mountain, see if my computer charger or whatever is there. And I'm waiting for you in the car, whatever. We're both extremely broke, like completely broke. Like like the type of broke where you have $11 for six days. (laughs) Yes, literally. Or like I just remember making like $20 transfers from my savings to my checking to buy gas. Um, So yeah, extremely broke. So bad. And um, yeah, so it's the dead of winter and Lauren comes back into the car and she says to me, uh, you know, I found found this. I've already like I got my charger or whatever. But then you were like, but you know, there's like several really nice Patagonia jackets down there, just like <laughs> right there, right where you can see them, like right in the lost and found. And you should go get one. You should literally go like just go say like I lost my black Patagonia jacket, and then they'll you know show you the different jackets, and you just pick out one. And it was like it was a twenty this second so conversation. Bad. Before I was like, which I think also shows how Lauren has corrupted me in different ways (laughs) and how impressionable I am. And honestly, you know, I'm just like a sponge. 
and it's something I need to work on. But I was like, okay. I was like, I'll do it. I'll fucking do it. I'll do it. <laughs> You're like, this sounds like a plan. You know, in my head, I'm like, BYU is hard for me. I don't always feel like I have a lot of friends. You know, the least they could do is give me a good jacket. These jackets will just get donated to DI eventually. Right. Like, no one's going to you know, retrieve it- them. If these rich kids from BYU feel like, you know, they can just lose their Patagonia jackets and never claim <laughs> them, like, you know, it's just entitlement at its best. Am I right? Absolutely. Let's teach them the value of a shop, dollar. Baby. Right. Absolutely. So, you know, You're I just moseyed on. Jacket. I was a, it was a rescue. I moseyed on down to the lost and found. It was as easy as pie. I said, I've lost my black Patagonia jacket. And, you know, behold, before me were, you know, like, I think a shell uh, and a few other random things. But, you know, the nicest looking one was like the shell. <laughs> um, and I walked out of there with it on. And I always felt <laughs> worried. I was so, so wrong. So it's so wrong. It's so wrong. Mom's going to literally be so upset. <laughs> Mom's going to be I think, so I think, mad we're revealing this. Honestly, I think that there have been a few cosmic things that have happened to me. I feel like I've lost some, a few big items in my life because I, you know, did that thing and and I also I think I only had the jacket for like a year before somehow I lost it and it was like it was taken from me you know by the universe so yeah the irony is with something like that first of all one of the great ironies is that it was my idea but you're the only one who ever actually did it um although it was at my you know behest to my encouragement right right but but um the 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 deeper irony is like you do it and then the guilt of having done it and the shame and embarrassment oh. it's like it is costs so much more than like whatever I benefit mean, you got from getting a free jacket every this time was you look probably, at it it's mortifying right this was probably seven six years ago and i still have sweaty palms thinking about it so when i go to equinox i put my coat in like the coat room which i actually lost and found too and i've been reminded of my crime every time i walk in there i think about what i did which is just goes to show like if you, if you yeah, do anything wrong and you're at all you know if you have any type of sense of you know morality like you're going to be reminded of it every single day yeah for sure absolutely absolutely but that is true like there are i was going to say there are girls who fully steal stuff like i remember yeah. in high school there was a girl who told me like she went into nordstrom and just put a, a perfume in her purse and then mm-hmm. walked out uh, first of all like it doesn't matter how broke i was i was way too afraid to uh, i, I never think it's more crossed of a, my mind yeah. to do that we w- but yeah i think it's like a personality trait we were corruptible for sure but i think too like i didn't have i don't have a propensity or craving for like uh, crime or like to do something crazy and outlandish and like get away with it like that doesn't right. it's not a thing that I, I crave I guess I was getting coffee earlier this weekend and I got the coffee and I she was like all right bye and it was clear she hadn't realized she hadn't charged me yet I did think should I just take this or do I want to wait around while we do the oh, you Apple just take pay. it you just take it well I I didn't take it, and I regret that. So that was an act of theft. I, I didn't yeah. commit, and I re- which I now regret because it took like five right. minutes to make the Apple Pay go through. Right. So right. really, um, there is new. There, there are, are nuance times, to these situations. Look, I think there are times when the universe smiles down at you, and I think there mm-hmm. are other times where you are just simply stealing. And I think in that moment, I was <laughs> simply stealing. You need to share your embarrassing story. Let's move on. So this is something I did. I think I've shared this story maybe even more than once on the podcast. So I apologize okay. if you've already, already heard this. I'm going to top line it because it still is to this day the most embarrassing thing I've ever done. So yeah, I'm going to give the Reader's Digest version. When I was 19, I got dumped unceremoniously. Maybe I was like 21. I don't know. It was a long time ago. Um, but I got dumped. My boyfriend cheated on me. I was devastated okay beyond distraught um couldn't eat couldn't sleep you know could barely even look at the sky so anyway I took to catfishing in order to exact revenge upon Mm -hmm. my upon the man who betrayed me so what I did was I this was in the time of Facebook and Facebook walls we're still living in the time of Facebook how dare you be so rude (laughs) wow what a slip this was the time when people actually used facebook um and people and people posted on each other's walls our gen z listeners will have no idea what i'm talking about but Mm -hmm. anyway um sure so i 
I posted, I created a Facebook account. Um, it was a, a f- fictitious account, obviously. This would be my suitor. I was going to pose as, as a suitor pursuing me. Um, who was going to post on my own Facebook wall. Um, And I did. I created this account. Um, I searched for a picture on Google of a hot guy. It's literally the search terms I used. I found a sepia-toned photo of a a very attractive-looking guy. Um, I proceeded to create this account. His name was Henry Garrett because I decided this fake person needed a super fake-sounding name. Right, Um, right. And then I proceeded to flirt heavily with myself on my Facebook Mm -hmm. wall, from this catfish person, from this fake profile, um, referencing, you know, how great of a night last night was. Gross. Um, Just honestly a disgusting guy. <laughs> so gross. The back, like, is there any cringier back and forth than you with yourself pretending to, like, have this, like, torrid romance? Like, literally no. a week after you've been dumped, too. The timelines. The timelines. Um we're just so obvious. And anyway, so long story short, the biggest kicker of this was not that I was embarrassing enough to stoop to this real human low, but it was that I chose accidentally, not realizing it because I didn't know what this person looked like. I chose a photo of Jack Dorsey, okay, (laughs) to flirt with myself um, (laughs) under. So uh, anyone- idiotic. Truly idiotic, okay? Because this was like 2012, okay? Jack Dorsey was a well-known figure, except Mm -hmm. to me, except to idiot number one, Lauren Bledsoe. And so anyone with two eyeballs could very easily understand what was happening. It was paying even the slightest bit of attention to my Facebook. And, And yeah, so... That was that was that Henry Garrett slash Jack Dorsey, the fake Facebook profile. I hope Kagan can't hear me right now. That was truly one of the most morty, mortifying things I've ever done. <laughs> Last night was incredible. Like, <laughs> can't so wait to gross. see you again. So Literally, gross, the grossest thing ever. <sighs> Ugh. Okay, well let's let's wait out of this territory. You know, I think we both revealed plenty. Okay. Um, so someone wants to know, why do you not like talking about Mormonism? I think that Chandler and I very much realize that it's something that can be profoundly useful to certain people. It can be harmful to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just this objectively bad thing, right? Um, I think we just realize the nuance there. And so I just don't think we're that interested. First of all, we're not that interested in it. We've also talked about it before. It's not like we're, we'll never talk about it. We've never talked about it. It's just, this isn't like a podcast about our like spiritual or religious side. Um, and so I think that like, and also rehashing whatever, you know, we've gone through or whatever we've you know, come out on the other side of isn't like, we just don't want to spend our episodes doing that. But I think we're also happy to talk about it on a more of a DM level. It's just not something that like we want to fill our content calendar with, frankly. Yeah. And there are other podcasts for it. And also, like, we don't really think about it that much. It's not that big of a part of our daily lives. Yeah. Yeah. It might have been if, you know, if, if we had recently had a faith transition. But it's been a long time for both of us. Right. Um, so anyway, it's just not really top. Honestly, it's just not I think really people top don't of realize mind. that. Like, right. I like I haven't been a believing Mormon person for like 10 years. And Lauren even longer. 20 years. That's yeah. like mind blowing. So it's yeah. honestly just not a top of mind. Okay. Some what else does someone what else what other questions were there? I think this question is good. What do you do to get out of negative behaviors or thoughts when you're feeling down? Okay, this is a really good question. So I have had a really hard January. Um, and this is obviously not something I've discussed before, but I think that I've had a very, very hard time this month. I don't know really what's going on. Um, I don't know if it's hormonal. I don't know if it's, I don't know what's happening to me, but I'm just having a hard time personally. And it was so funny because I've almost gotten to this habit of feeling bad, right? Like I, like I really mm. don't feel normal. Um, and yeah. yesterday I got on my walking pad and and I hadn't been on it in so long. And I just immediately felt so much better. And the thing mm-hmm. that I realized is like keeping moving, like physical exercise is so incredibly powerful for with for changing the way that you feel. Um yeah. and and 
getting that ability to to not be stagnant, to move your body, like moving your body, it's kind of sometimes like the almost like it's not as annoying as someone telling you do something nice for other people if you're feeling bad about yourself. Like that's probably the most annoying advice and the hardest to take. Um, but this is slightly. I mean, it's annoying. real. It's true. Mom loves that one. It's true. It's just like the hardest advice. Um, even if, though, even if it might be the truest, but yeah move your body. Moving your body if you're feeling bad is absolutely the best thing that you can do. Yeah. In my opinion, um, to just immediately change your mood. I think, yeah, I think exercise can have really powerful effects. They don't always last. I think that like when I have had PMS or something like that, like exercise isn't a, isn't a cure, but it definitely relieves right. like more like the symptomatic sadness or whatever. Um, and I think that like for me, I try to recognize that it's temporary, that I think that mm. whatever I'm feeling will pass, like whatever mood I'm in, whatever has kind of like set me off or made me go to this negative headspace, like recognizing that I don't actually always feel this way and that I'm a person who generally is pretty happy, um, that I'm just like mm-hmm. having a moment. And I think like saying that out loud and saying like, oh, I'm just feeling a little bit more anxious right now, or I'm just like kind of in a weird headspace. Like I think it's really powerful to like acknowledge that, I guess, like out loud. Um, and especially like, it's nice for me to be able to like tell Ben or whoever, like, Oh, this is just like my mood right now. I'm not like, I don't know. I, for some reason it that's powerful for me. Um, and then absolutely, you know, it's also just like building in like habits and things that like help you change the channel in your brain. I've been trying to do more work, like to understand like grounding exercises that actually work and like, I know when people, when I say grounding, people think of like, go outside and like touch the grass. Like there's actually no surface outside my apartment that I feel comfortable being barefoot in. Um, so (laughs) I literally like had to think like, okay, what do I do? That's like going to make, you know, that's going to make me have a sensory experience that like will help me change that channel. Um, so I've been like working on that myself. Oh, and the other thing that I've recently been loving is, like listening to affirmations while I do my LED mask. It's such a real, like a nice way to like start my day. And I think mm. I've, like I've, I've really noticed when I start my day scrolling, like instantly I just start scrolling or at least like, especially if I go on like TikTok or something, I love TikTok. But if I start my day with like, I want these things, I, I need to buy these things. I need to like, you know, do this exercise routine. I need like, I don't know if, I've, if I'm just like, the first thing in my head in the morning is like all these things that like I currently don't have. It's really bad for me. And so I think trying to start my day by like filling my tank with being grateful or recognizing all that I do have and, you know, everything I'm working towards that really sets me and starts me in like a really good place. Another topic someone asked about is, um, my, well, I'm like, should I wait and should I only talk about this on the Patreon? What do you think? Yeah, I just I personally feel like it's like quite personal. And yeah, so I think I would just, I just wouldn't talk about it on the Patreon. I can do the the proposal thing. Okay, cool. Okay, so someone wrote in and they said, Lauren, I think I remember you saying you've been in the same situation. How did you get Kagan to get it together and propose? We are coming up on four years and I feel like he's gotten a little too comfortable in our current setting. Um, so this is a good question. And I have been very, very straightforward and honest about the fact that I definitely gave Kagan an ultimatum um, in our relationship. And that is the reason he proposed. And it's not super romantic, but I think it's very honest and very relatable. Um, I think that the reality is that a lot of guys will simply wait forever, especially if they're like under 35. But one thing I'm noticing is, you know, a lot of our friends here are in that 35 plus range for guys, and they seem a lot more kind of like marriage minded, to be honest, like ready to kind of start that phase of their life. But for younger guys, I think that they're happy to kind of just like wait around because they feel like they have forever. And in some ways they do. And I think that if that's something that's important to you and you want, then you just have to have an honest conversation and say like, hey, this is what I want. This is what's important to me. Make it really clear and make it really clear that if it doesn't happen, that you love them, but you're going to go find that with someone else because that is really important to you. It's not about coming at it from a place of like insecurity and like, do you love me enough? It's about coming up at it in a way that's that's from the perspective of I'm a high value woman 
I know that I can find this with someone else. I know this is what I want. And so if we're not going to be able to do this together, then I'm going to go find that with another person. And the thing is, is I, you know, we were two years in and I could tell that even though I told Kagan I really wanted to be engaged by the two year mark of dating, that to me felt like plenty of time. I could tell that we were really nowhere close, you know, Um, we were maybe a month out from being at two years and he hadn't asked me about a ring. I could just tell he wasn't thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And so I just said, you know, I will move out of our apartment. I love you so much, but like, I'm not going to wait forever. And I've told you this is important to me. And this is a very real thing. Like this is not just an empty threat and I will go find the life I want and I will build a family with someone who's also interested in that. Yeah. There's a Tyhaney quote about business, which is the compression of time creates value. So if you can fail faster at a certain task or initiative, it's, you know, saves a lot of money for the business in the long term. So you're not wasting resources on something that was inevitably going to fail anyway. And I think the same principle really applies to your dating life. And like failing fast can be a good thing, especially as a woman, especially if you want to have kids and all of that and have a family. And anyway, so I I had that approach. I had that mindset and it really wasn't from a place it was a, I really came from it from a place of total self-confidence and strength because I honestly wasn't afraid to date again. And I think he could feel that and so it didn't come across as needy or desperate. It came across as like, hey, this is just a rational conversation that we need to have. Um, and mm-hmm. you need to be aware of the consequences, you know? And and ultimately, it wasn't like in that conversation, he was like, oh, okay, we're, you know, we're definitely going to get married. Don't worry. He just realized I was really serious. And then he got really serious about, you know, about it too. And then he was forced to kind of figure it out because a lot of guys – they're busy, they're working, they're building the things they're working on, ideally, or they're lazy, you know, depending on depending on who they are. Um, and they're I mean, not thinking about it. Go ahead. Literally, there are no men who have engagement rings in their Instagram feed. Explore page. No. And I think that honestly, like, there are some guys who are so family oriented. I dated them, right? There are guys who like really mm-hmm. wanted to get married. There are some guys that are like that, but many slash most are yeah. not. Um, yeah. And I don't think that, I think that there's a, like, I, I've heard so many people like Lindsay Metz from We Met at Acme is so against ultimatums. Um, I heard Morgan Stewart she's, say she was like not an ultimatum girl. And I'm like the total opposite. I think that's as a woman, you need to know your value and your worth and you need to be extremely efficient and strategic with the way that you make decisions um, about your personal life and about creating the life you want. So anyway, the word ultimatum carries with it like a ton of negative connotations. But I think, you know, being extremely serious and like meaning what you say when you, you know, when you ask for what you want and what you deserve, like that, that is where like the really the value of an ultimatum is where it's like, no, I, I know what I want. And if you can't give this to me, then like, let we need to have a very serious conversation about it. Yeah, exactly. And like really what it's asking for is it's asking the person to do some soul searching and figure out if you are what they want. And that's okay to ask. Like you're you are allowed especially after dating someone for four years, you're allowed to ask them to do that work. You're not allowed Mm -hmm. to ask them to do that work three months in. Even a year in, it's pretty quick. Um, But I would say like, I would say honestly at the two year mark is probably like, it's probably like the earliest time where it's appropriate, especially if you, you know, if you are really serious about this, to ask them to give you the courtesy of doing that work. Um, And that's when he, you know, he talked to his mentors. He really, really sat with it and thought about it. You know, he was just not raised in the way we were raised in that, you know, with a huge emphasis on family. He did not was, you know, he just had a different perspective. And so it kind of just forced him to do that work. And I was prepared, like in the words of the man in his craftsman vest, I told him, I said, no is an answer. I am prepared to accept to accept um and you would would wish kagan blessings on his road i would wish kagan blessings on his road and i would have been so sad but can i tell you i would have been so much sadder to just sit in a prolonged situation with Mm -hmm. no clarity um And I just think women deserve clarity. And it doesn't matter if you're 25. It doesn't matter if you're 35. Like, I, I don't want to say like, oh, because I was 
almost at 30, like I, that wasn't it. Like I always wanted to get married. Like I always wanted to find a partner and build a life with someone. And if that's what you want, you need to value yourself and the life you want to build. And guess what? There are so many guys who will say yes, who will want you and who you will want. Um, Mm -hmm. So that is my advice, honestly. And I think that the real risk is being in a situation where, you know, it, Ultimately, that answer is no, but you find that out after getting to that five-year mark, that six-year mark, that seven-year mark, afraid to really like have the rubber hit the road. That is the real risk because then, you know, unfortunately, there are a lot of guys who in that space of time you probably could have found who unfortunately found someone else, you know? So that's my, that's my advice. And, and honestly, like, it didn't make anything any less like magical or special. If anything, that entire experience just deepened our relationship and made it a mm-hmm. lot more real and serious. And and everything got better. Like once you're once as a woman, you're in a relationship where you feel secure and you're not having to wonder about that. Like yeah. it's just so much better. So anyway. Right, right. That's true. Those are my thoughts on that. Okay. Um Love it. okay. Chandler, it's been a fun episode. Thank you everyone who has recently signed up for Patreon. We've had an influx and it's been amazing. Um, so thank you guys so much. We are committed to bringing you incredible Patreon content, keeping that Patreon hot and spicy. Um, so we'll be back on Friday with a new Patreon episode. And then don't forget about our $2,100 diamond tennis bracelet giveaway. This is a Casita jewelry, one carat diamond tennis bracelet it can it'll be either in white or yellow gold depends on what you choose and to enter to win you just put on your stories your favorite episode of pop apologists include a link so your followers can easily tap and listen to the episode and tag Mm -hmm. us so we see it and make sure we respond we will respond if you tag us and we'll confirm that you've been entered true And if anyone feels, you know, compelled in their heart or soul or mind to leave us a five-star review on iTunes, that would be incredible. That truly does so much for us. It makes our podcast grow. It really helps us in the long run. So yeah, leave us a five-star review if you wouldn't mind, if you've got the time. Thanks, you guys. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Pop Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Bye.